This is what I would like for us to do in this moment as the band plays lightly, just very lightly. I want us to take a moment to call on that great name. Things happen when we call on his name. Speaking the name of Jesus. This is a house of prayer for all nations. So in this moment, I'm going to ask that you take some time to be still and know that God is God and to present to him your requests, the stronghold that you need broken, the healing that you need in a relationship or in your body, the provision that you need for your family, whatever it is, just take a moment in the house of prayer and talk to God. Father, we thank you that you hear our cry. Even when we're not speaking words audibly. For you said the Holy Spirit himself takes our moans and our groans and interprets them to you before your throne. We thank you that we not only have the name of Jesus which gives us access into your very presence. But we also have the person of Jesus. Because there are people out here today, Lord, that may want to just invoke the name of Jesus as if it's magic. But I thank you, Lord, that we know the Savior and the Savior knows us and we know his name. It's been said that demons tremble at the sound of the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for hearing our cry. Thank you, Father, for knowing what we have need of before we ask. And today, Lord, we stand in faith knowing that you have heard us. And we also know, Lord, that knowing that you've heard us and as we pray according to your will, that you will provide those things that we are asking for. We step back and we say, Lord, you will provide in your time and in your way and for your glory. May we trust you. May we hold on. May we wait on you, knowing that we will see your goodness in the land of the living. For those who are watching online and worshiping you with us, I thank you that you are not limited nor bound by space. You are everywhere all the time in all of your fullness. No building can contain you. The highest heavens cannot 
hold your glory. You are God. You are amazing. You are mighty. And although you sit high, you look low. Thank you for looking on your children. Thank you for being a God who cares. Even in a world of pain and sorrow. We thank you for being present. Now, Lord, as we open up your word, we open up our hearts to you. Lord, if our heart was a house, we would say, go through every room. We unlock every door. And we say, Lord, have your way. Because you are the one who stands at the door of the church and you knock. And when we open the door, you will come in and you will sup with your body. Keep supping with us, Jesus. We need you. We thank you that we have you. And we pray all this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a hand praise that he heard us, that he knows, that he cares, and that he can. He, he is able. He's able. He's a good, good father. Now, saints, um, Felicia talked about the, the Valentine's banquet last night. And, and we know some saints were at the, the banquet and some saints were with Patty LaBelle last night and, um, and praise the Lord, you know, it, 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 there's a lot of stuff going on in town, um, but we're grateful um, that our, not only our married couples, but I saw singles there last night who were able to come and just have a good time. And as you heard, we are serious, not only about making disciples, but also about helping to build healthy marriages. As it has been said, there aren't, aren't any perfect marriages. Uh, as Elder Sherman has said about Sharon, Sharon is not perfect, Sherman is not perfect, but they are perfect for each other. And we, that's, we should have got an amen on that. <laughs> perfect for each other. And so I'm going to ask um, the lady who has helped to spearhead our marriage ministry called Pursue the last couple of years with her wonderful husband, Elder Aubrey Smith, to just come and just share a little bit because we need you. We need you, especially if you've got some skin in the game. Um, you've, you've gained some wisdom from the mistakes you've made, and you can share with others some of the things you have learned and that you are learning. We need you. We need coaches in this church. So y'all help me welcome Sister Tony Smith. <laughs> Microphone, microphone. that we had a fantastic time last night. Uh, um, people just showed up. And those that were not on the leadership team, we had to break down the facility that we rented. And people were in high heels and glitter dresses, moving and changing and, and helping us break down. So I'm thankful for each and every one of you all for that. Um, Pursue is, God is doing some things in Pursue, like mind-blowing for me. Today we had 39 people in attendance, including in person and on Zoom, and I think it was only like four on Zoom. They broke down a wall to give us a bigger classroom, and we are to capacity. So I am thankful for what God is doing that just tells me that there is a need for the ministry. 
and that he's going to show up and do his thing in this ministry. So Felicia's already mentioned the mentorship program. Pastor's mentioned it. So I'm just going to give you two charges. I got two sets of people I need praying. I need the people that want to walk alongside couples, and I need people who want someone to walk alongside them. So if you want to walk alongside a couple, I need you to pray about signing up for the training. There's no charge for you, and there's no commitment, actually. You're coming in to get trained to see if this is something that you're interested in doing. The people who want someone to walk alongside you, I need you all to pray that people will come and sign up for the training. <laughs> Because we need to get y'all some help if that's what y'all need. So we got two sets of people in this congregation, in this body, that is praying for two different things. And I believe that God is going to provide the needs for every single one of whatever they are. Um, I think I wanted to also mention that you're not committed, again, but you're coming to see if this is something that you're interested in. It's a valuable training. We're bringing somebody in to, to make this happen. I'm going to feed you Friday night. I'm going to feed you Saturday morning because feeding you is what I do. So we just want, um, we want the ministry to be a place where you feel like you're a part of a community of like-minded people where you feel loved, supported, and safe. And that's our desire for Pursue Marriage Ministry. So be sure to register because I can't feed you if you're not on that list. I need to know who's showing up so I have enough food to feed everybody. Thank you all for praying for those two needs, and we look forward to seeing you on March 8th and 9th. All right. <clears throat> we love married folks at Strong Tower, and we also love single folks up in Strong Tower, kind of single people. Amen. And um, one of the ways we're going to show love to our folks, is that on Wednesday night, right here in the Sanctuary for Bible Study, we've got some gift bags for all of our singles, men and women, uh, but you got to be here to get the gift bag, okay? So next Wednesday is Valentine's Day, and I know for some people it's like, man, I don't like Valentine's Day, but uh, come on, come on out to the house of God on Wednesday night. Again, we've got something just for you those of us who are unmarried. And then at the end of the service today, um, our leader of our singles ministry, Michelle Sellers, is going to close us in prayer. And she's got a special announcement as well. So let's get to the word. Let's open up our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. I'm going to do my best to teach and preach a message entitled, More Vision. More Vision. We are giving God more in 2024, but we're also asking God to give us more as well. And this morning, my prayer is that God would give each of us more vision. More vision. Well, at the age of 21... The year 1979, Michael Jackson wrote a note to himself. 1979, at the age of 21, just having finished a tour with his brothers, the Jacksons, 
He takes one of the tour manuals and writes a note on the back of it to himself. And in that note, he said, I want a whole new character, a whole new look. I should be a new, incredible actor, singer, and dancer that will shock the world. I will do no interviews. I will be magic. I will be a perfectionist, a researcher, a trainer, a master. I will study and look back on the whole world of entertainment and perfect it. I will take it further than where the greats left off. He wrote that to himself before the Thriller album. He, he wrote that to himself as Off the Wall was about to be released the same year. He wrote that to himself, and in a sense, it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because when we don't write our dreams down, our goals down, chances are we will not fulfill them. Writing a note to yourself is a way of holding yourself accountable to the things that are stirring in your heart that require faith as well as works to see them come to pass. Michael wrote a note to himself because he saw things about himself that others did not see. I said he saw things about himself that others did not see. People thought he was nuts until it happened. When you have a vision, when you have a dream for your family, for yourself, for your business, for your ministry, your career, people will think you're nuts, especially if you have a vision, a God-sized vision. People think you're kind of, hey, that's a little too much there, until it happens. In 1995, God began downloading into me a vision for a local church that would be multiracial in the South, led by yours truly, a black man. I just happened to be reading the book of Acts, and I saw diversity all over the movement of this burgeoning movement called the local church, and I saw diversity, ethnic diversity, and I said, if it could happen then, why can't it happen now? Every church does not have to be homogeneous. I live in a town that is not homogeneous, and if the church is supposed to reach Jerusalem and Jerusalem is diverse, then why can't the church be diverse like the city that it's in? And I started speaking this vision because God was putting something in my heart from the word of God. And when I started speaking it, people laughed at me. People said it could never happen. I remember going to the pastor of Limestone Baptist Church on West Main Street, Pastor Dwight McQuarter, and I was beginning to share with him about my vision. And this man said to me, it'll never work. Because what you think you're doing for God will be building blocks for the devil. I walked out of his church saying, I ain't going back in there to ask him for any wisdom. <laughs> A church that would not only be multiracial, but multi-economic. In Williamson County, one of the wealthiest counties in the entire state of Tennessee, but also a pocket of poverty, low-income folks within miles, not even miles, feet of each other. Streets divided. You have government housing on one street and palatial mansions on the next street. And, 
And I said, God, you can bring those people together because I'm ministering to both folks. But they said it would never happen. All the different denominations going on, Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Baptist, and I'm wanting to start a non-denominational, multiracial, multi-economic church. And people said it would never happen. But I had a vision for it. And people thought I was nuts until it happened. Because some of those same pastors who said it would never work, once we got on our feet and were moving, they came to us and started asking us for financial aid. But anyway... I saw a multiracial church because a person with vision sees things in their heart before they see those things with their eyes. When you have vision, a person with vision sees things in their mind before they see things in front of them. And a person with vision sees things by faith before they see things in time and space. I'm going to let you know today that vision is just not for pastors. Vision is not just for leaders. Vision is for everyone who is a child of God. I'm going to prove that point today. But before I even get to that point, there's something I need for you to see about the collective body of Christ. Because it's time for us to grow from being people who can only see with our natural eyes. Because all that we see is not all that there is. Oh, I wish I had some help today. God wants to grow us where we're just not focusing on what is seen. Because what is seen, according to Paul, is temporary. But what is not seen is eternal. So God, help me to see what is not seen and not just focus on what I do see. Because with your help, we can become people with vision who have eyes to see what's not there yet. Oh, I wish I had a witness. That we can see things with spiritual eyes, things that are not there yet. Because God has a way of speaking those things that are not as though they were. Well, in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 through 17, we have two kings, two nations going at it. The king of Syria and the king of Israel and a prophet in the middle named Elisha. Elisha had taken over the reins and the mantle from Elijah, the prophet, and now he is God's mouthpiece to the nations. Let's begin in verse 8. The Bible says, Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, somebody in here is getting paid under the table because you're taking all our secrets and you're telling Israel, which one of y'all is the traitor? Verse 12, and one of his servants said, none, my Lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Verse 13, so he said, go and see where he is that I may send and get him. 
Stop and pause right there. They done already told you this man knows everything you're planning before you even say it to us. And now you're coming up with a plan for us to find out where he is and arrest him as if he's not going to find out what you're planning now. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs up in here. So they said he's surely in Dothan. Verse 14, therefore he sent horses and chariots and what kind of army? A great army there and they came by night and surrounded the city. You got to be a bad man when they send all them people for you. My God. Verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, probably going out to get some water or to do whatever he had to do early in the morning, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Stop and pause. Can't you hear the fear in his voice? You're just getting up early in the morning, going out like you always do, and you are surrounded by a great army. You are terrified, and you come back in and say to your pastor, what we going to do? We're surrounded by the enemy. But look at Elisha here in verse 16. So he answered, do not fear. Isn't it hard when you are fearful and somebody say, don't be afraid? <laughs> he said, man, don't, don't be afraid. Why? For those who are with us. Let, let me read it right. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Did you see that? Did you see that? Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. There's an army out here. I see them. Mm -hmm. But they're more with us because of God before you. I'm just talking by faith to the people of faith. If God before you. Who in the world can be against you? That, that's what he's saying to the young man. And then verse 17, and Elisha prayed because he said that just might not be enough for that young man. I, I gave him word, but God, I need you to give him some vision now. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He couldn't see with his natural eye what was going on in the spiritual realm. Elisha could see not only the natural realm, but he could see the spiritual realm because he had vision. And he knew that was more with them than were with the enemy. As a matter of fact, the ones who were with them had more power than the natural enemies had. And he said, God, this young man can't see. He needs more vision. He, he needs more vision. So I'm going to pray. God, open up his eyes that he can see spiritual things. Lord, open up his eyes that he can see the angelic realm. Lord, open up his eyes that he can see what is eternal. Lord, open up his eyes beyond the natural so he can see the supernatural. God, give him more vision. And in the spirit of Elijah, I'm coming today, and I'm praying, Lord, give this church more vision. God, give this church your vision. Oh, oh I'm coming like Elijah, and I'm asking God to open up the eyes of the saints of Strong Tower Bible Church 
so that you can see what I see. Now, I'm no Elisha, but I want you to see what I see. So for the moments I have, let, let, let me just tell you a couple things that I see, and I'm asking God to give you more vision to see what I see. The first thing I want you to see is I see God's grace reaching more people through Strong Tower Bible Church. Pastor Chris, what do you see? I see God's grace reaching more people through Strong Tower Bible Church. That comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, where Paul said, All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. We want to reach more people with the grace of God. The gospel of grace. More and more people. Not so we can say how many people we've reached. Because it's not about that. But if God is working in your midst, there's going to be some fruits that's going to testify that he's working in your midst. Meaning that more and more people are going to be exposed to Jesus. We just sang Jesus in the marketplace. Jesus on the streets. Jesus on the square. Jesus everywhere. Shout it from the mountaintops about Jesus. We want to reach as many people as possible. And in the early days of 2024, we are seeing more, more people attending church in person because we have people who take the numbers. And we're looking at the metrics and we're trying to measure the effectiveness. As Sister Tony said, uh, a wall was knocked down to create more space for the marriage ministry class. And it's already growing out of that space. That's all right, because when Jesus was in town and he was in a house, the Bible says there were so many people packed in the house that other folk couldn't get in, so they had to go through the roof and tear a hole in the roof and drop somebody down. Because when Jesus is in town, when Jesus is around, when Jesus is talking, when Jesus is walking, he draws people to himself. I know it's spiritual to say, wherever two or three are gathered, there he is. But that passage is speaking about church discipline, not church gatherings. I want more than two or three. Why not? For the glory of God is grace is reaching more and more people. And so we're seeing more people coming on Sunday mornings. We're also seeing more people participating online. Pastor Jewel tracks all of these numbers and we get in staff meeting and we talk about who we were able to reach through Bible study, how many people attended and participated online. That's part of the culture now. We're reaching more and more people. Then we started the Strong Tower Association of Churches. And we have four churches and counting because we are expanding God's diverse kingdom. And in 2023, just an outreach year in review, what God did last year, Sister Lasagna gave me these numbers. We fed over 500 families, 200 seniors, 100 unhoused people per month. Per month. 500 families, 200 seniors, 100 unhoused folks per month through the food pantry. We helped 80 to 100 kids at three different schools per month to get their needs met through the ministry trailer. This grace is reaching more and more people. We provided over 400 families with groceries. We filled over 500 backpacks with school supplies. We gave away 400 household boxes with all kinds of items in them. We helped with 25 dental extractions, and we clothed hundreds of people on one day at the Bless Fest. Amen. 
and we're trying to reach more and more and more people. And now my outreach director has come and said, Pastor, I'm praying about us doing two blessed fests in 2024 because this grace got to reach more people. Jesus is coming. Folks are dying. We will not be a church that's getting half of Jesus inside but won't go outside. That's not who we have been. That's not who we will be. This grace has got to reach more people. But then secondly, here's what I see. I see God's spirit. And by the way, I want to see this church filled and not just on Easter. I see God's spirit developing. We got so many people coming, we want to go to multiple services. We're not going to do it because it's the cool thing to do. We're not going to do it because we're trying to grow the church so I can go tell my preacher buddies at lunches, yeah, we got about 700 coming. When a preacher says about, that's where the lie is right there. We're not doing it for that. My heart is right. There's nothing spiritual about saying we just got a few people. No, we want to reach everybody, everybody that God puts under our care. I see God's spirit developing a new governing paradigm at Strong Tower Bible Church. I I see him doing it. I hope you see what I see because the local church is an organism before it is an organization. It is both. It is an organism and an organization, but sometimes pastors can push the organization and miss the living aspect of what the church is about. And if the church is alive, it's going to have order to it just like your body and mine. We're alive, but there's order and structure in our bodies. And the body of Christ is alive, and yet there's to be order and structure within the body. But when we talk about the body, as my wife said, the local expression of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is eternal and spiritual, universal, but there are local expressions of the body of Christ all around the world. Strong Tower just happens to be one of those bodies. And within each body, there is freedom and autonomy to be what God has called that church body to be. There's not a cookie cutter move or way to do the local church And that's one reason we have so many different denominations, because churches see things differently. So God is saying we can be one church without having to be the same church. Mm -hmm. Because the Lutherans and the Methodists and the Presbyterians, everybody got some different nuances, all right? But I hope we got Jesus in common. I, I hope that's who we have in common. So every church has this freedom to function in its own fluidity and its own form. But when we look at the New Testament, God emphasizes the function of the local church more than the form the local church takes. I got to say that again. He's after the fruit of the church, but we spend time talking about the form and the government of the church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so, at so, so, Strong Tower, we started with elders leading the church. We still have elders leading the church. So so take a peek at this flow chart real quick. We have, number one, Jesus Christ, as my wife said. He's not only the head of the church, he's the foundation of the church, period. Period. The church is built on Jesus. He's the rock. Now, according to 1 Timothy 5, verse 17, elders are to to direct the affairs of the church the elder team, and our current elders are Sherman Smith, uh, Aubrey Smith, and John Kiever, and myself. We direct primarily the business affairs of the church, okay? But then there's the leadership 
team. And this is new for us in 2024. And the leadership team comes from Acts chapter 1, verse 14, when the believers were together in the upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. It just wasn't men, but it was men and women. It just wasn't the apostles, but it was the apostles and the other disciples who had believed in Jesus. So you had this group, this mixed group of leadership in that upper room who were deciding who would take Judas's place. They were there praying together because some of these men were chauvinists when they walked the earth with Jesus. I wish I had time. I wish I had time. And Jesus had to teach them and expose their male uh, hypocrisy and chauvinism against women. And, and, and so now they're in the upper room waiting on the Holy Spirit, and that room is not segregated where they're saying, ladies, y'all go around the corner. No, they're all up in there praying together. Pastor Chris, what's the point? We need to hear from everybody uh, in order to get a better barometer of what God wants to do and what he is doing in the local church. So therefore, men need to hear from women. Women need to hear from men. Leaders need to hear from laity. So in that leadership team, we have our brand new associate pastors. Uh, On that leadership team, we not only have elders, but we have elders' wives. And we're going to meet quarterly. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to be praying for the people, because that's what they were doing in the upper room. That leadership group, that when we get together, not only are we going to be praying, we're also going to be discussing the pulse of the church. What's going on? How's God leading? What's going on? And then we're going to dream of possibilities for our church. So a group of men doing all of that is gone at Strong Tower Bible Church. I said, just men doing that by ourselves, that's gone at Strong Tower Bible Church. Because at my house, uh, my wife and I are discussing all of these things together. We're praying together. We're dreaming together. So if that happens in my house, why can't it happen in this house? And I believe God gives the freedom for every church to operate according to the way he's saying it. And so in order for you to get a little hyped the way I'm hyped, Because I'm hyped about where we're going. I I thank God for where we were, but I don't live in the past. Man, I'm excited about what's coming. And I got some new associate pastors. Y'all were there on on New Year's Eve. Y'all was there. But but can I give them a minute apiece? Ladies, come on up here and just tell them what you're excited about. Can I get my new associate pastors? Lord Jesus, that your daughters need to look at and say, oh, my I can be whatever God's called me to be. I can even be a pastor in the house of God. Just looking at these ladies' uh, example. But they got more than example. They got some fire in their belly. So, ladies, just tell them, tell them what you're excited about in your new role. Pastor of next generation. You, you go first, sister. Just tell them a little bit why you excited. Got it. Here we go. There we go. Good morning again. My name is Pastor Felicia Mason, and I am the Associate Pastor of Next Generations here at Strong Tower. And God has just been filling us up. When we said we're going to give God more in 2024, he was like, whoa, look out, because I'm going to give you more. And he's given us more vision. And my heart, if you know anything about me, is for the young people at this church. Something about me is when I was younger growing up, young adult, I wanted a lot of kids. And that didn't happen for me. I had two great kids. And so God has given me 100 kids here at Strong Tower. So I just love that. And I love walking with the children. So next generation covers from birth 
through college, okay? So I cover birth through college. And during that time, I get to be in their lives. It's just continuity um, as they go from children's ministry to youth ministry to college ministry. And so what we've done is we've taken that out of those silos of, oh, well, he's in children's ministry. And, you know, he was in children. No, we're bringing them out of the silos and we're now a community of just next generations. This world is hard. We know that, right? But it's really hard for our young people. So in the ministry of next generations, we are praying um, about and making disciples to where when these children grow up, come out of college, and are adults, they will have a lasting, lifelong legacy of faith for their children. So we're not just working in the church for our children. We're making disciples so that their children are healthy. That is our prayer. That is what God has led us. So thank you all so much for your support for our children, our young people, our college ministry. It has been a blessing, and I can't wait to see what God does. Amen. 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 All right, you all, and I am uh, Pastor Joel. I am over worship and media evangelism. I changed that name. It was media arts, but I like media evangelism because I want to use social media and take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the streets and to all nations, and that's the way that we do it. So with worship, I am of the opinion that there should be no talent or gift left behind. And when I say that, I want I want you to hear me when I say this. Worship, we worship. You see us here worshiping in uh, song and music, but there are some gifts that are on the table, some talents that are on the table. And so I will be leading um, the ministry uh, of worship, which will include not just the musicians and the singers, but I need those who love drama. Look, we've got to start taking the gospel of Jesus Christ and using our talents and abilities to reach people in different ways. And so some of us are talented in drama. Some of us are talented uh, poets. We are, we've spoken word. We, we're gifted and talented in that. Some of us are writers because you know what? I see a blog um, in the future. I see us communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ in different ways. And so someone said to me, my sister back there, she said, look, what do you think about illustrative sermons? You all, we've got to start using every tool in our tool chest because some people just aren't audible learners. They want to see. So we can create something up here where we can have props and whatever we need. If he wants to talk about that, we can bring a casket, whatever we need to do up here to get the gospel message to you. That's what we want to do. So I wanted to share that. In addition to that, um, I'm also over um, media, okay? Okay, um, so I want audio visual. Okay, I deal with that. I also deal. I also want people, my videographers in the house, my content managers. If you are like, look, I, I love content. I like to develop content. I need you. If you love social media, I need you. If you're an analyst of social media, you're like, I like the numbers part of it. We need you. Look, I don't want any talent or ability left behind. If I didn't say it, we'll create it, all right, in order that God can be glorified. But we also have to do this thing. We've got to cross generations, all right? So it just can't be people.
people my age. I need young people up here. In the beginning of service, I need you to be talking to people before service starts about the goodness of God in your life and what it means to be saved and filled with the Spirit of God as a young person. I need older people. I need cross-generation. That's what I see. I also see um, us developing, again, ways for all of us to do ministry together, to push that content out. Look, if people can put recipes online, if people can put dogs barking online, we can put the gospel of Jesus Christ online. I also see us doing because we want to reach the masses for Jesus, but we also want to encourage the brethren. So I was like, I was like, well, that's Wednesday or, or one day during the week. I was like, pastor, let's do a be strong. And so that's a devotion of three, five minutes so we can get encouraged. But I also want our young people who have a word from the Lord to express that because we want to hear from you as well, because you may encourage other young people to say, hey, I like that. I want to come to strong talk. So again, you all, there are so many things. I am, I'm the visionary of the bunch. Um, I'm, I'm really a visionary. I'm like looking five or ten years. Now, that could be a problem because my husband says I'm down the road and he's just running trying to catch up. And then I get, and then I get mad and I get impatient with people because I'm like, why are you not five years down the line? But he told me, he said, you're not normal. But the moral story is this. And I've learned to be patient and long-suffering. But thank you, Jesus, for that. Uh, uh, hey! You see how she went in? She's just preaching. Just... And now the pastor of belonging, pastor belonging. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I would honestly rather stand up here and just affirm the things that they've shared about what they're doing because it thrills me to see how God has, in his kindness, taken each of us and the ways that we are gifted the things that we were already doing, and God just turned it up. And so really I feel like um, my formed role, the role that's being formed as pastor of belonging, is really to extend that to you all. And as I sat in my seat and thought of the times that the Bible talks about stirring things up, my heart is to stir some things up in this church. You've heard about the good work that we're already doing. Some of you, I want to stir you up to join that good work. All right, you can go down this, this afternoon as soon as we finish service and help pack boxes. There's so many good works that are already going on that you can do. But the Bible also tells us to stir up love and also stir up the gifts that are already within us. And so for some of you, you have beautiful gifts that God has deposited. And some of you need to just obey God and use those gifts. And it may be that, that seeing our faces has you say, okay, how can I use those gifts in Strong Tower? Your teaching gifts? I would love to know of those gifts because one of my roles in this pastor belonging um, new season is to continue to propel how Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights look like for discipleship for our adults. And so I dream of us having some classes that focus on business, on faith and work. And some of you all, God has called to serve him in that way. We want your gifts to be used in the body of Christ as well. Um, we have a beautiful connection cafe that's expanding. Our coffee ministry is just off the chain, um, I probably won't, I won't share some of the sneak peeks, but there's all kinds of branding and, again, jewels. It's amazing. It's so much. Um, but our Paulus Training Institute on Sunday mornings, the programming and promotions and curriculum development for that, um, for some of you, again, who have those gifts of teaching, of serving, I want to come alongside you and help develop that. Um, 
and as well some of the other ways that we reach out Wednesday nights, the programming that we have. We also do programming. Mona has led our um, 1619 project, and there are many other opportunities that we want to present before the body. And so I'm going to be really coming alongside and helping develop um, those programs, but really developing the leaders because it's not for me to do the work, right? As pastors, our call is equip the saints to do the work, and we want to equip you well. In the marketplace, you get trained to go and offer those gifts. And so we want that to happen here in the body of Christ. And so um, I will continue the pre-membership um, formation that I've been doing um, and what that looks like to help those who are new in our body learn the ways that their gifts can flourish here. Um, and then those wonderful ministries, some of them we heard about last week in our membership time, um, you know, Seek 33 in the neighborhood and the men's ministry, the women's ministry, and um, many more to come. Um, transracial adoption. We are one of the most beautiful places for families that God has called um, those for beautifully formed families together. And we should be propelling that and be a place that people go, oh, you should know about Strong Tower. You should know about what's going on there. Um, so there's many, many more things to come. Um, but I'm grateful for this opportunity to help stir up all of our gifts, not just the pastors, not just the leaders, but all of us as a part of a body that our gifts help us be formed, be healthy, be connected, and belong to one another as we focus on the place that we ultimately belong, not our citizenship here, but our citizenship in heaven. Amen. Let's give it up for our associate pastors, everybody. Let's give it up for we can do better than that. Let's give it up for our associate pastors. So, Michelle, you're about ready? I'm about to call you now. You're going to close this out. Amen. But before Michelle comes and closes this out, I pray that you have eyes to see what the Spirit of the Lord is doing and going to do. Lord, open up the eyes of our heart that we might not only see you, but also see what you're doing. I said that you don't have to be a pastor to be a visionary. Just be a believer. Okay? Just be a believer. Pastor Chris, what do you mean? Because we're all visionaries if we know the Lord. Thomas said, I will not believe unless I can see with my physical eye. Unless I can touch him with my hand, I won't believe that Jesus is risen. So Jesus showed up and he said to Thomas in John chapter 20, verse 29, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. He's talking about us. We haven't seen him yet with the physical eye. But how many folks have seen him with the eyes of your heart? We haven't seen him, but we believe. And Jesus said, we're blessed. Peter comes along in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8 and says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. You see, the world says seeing is believing. But the word says Believing is seeing. Oh, I went too fast. Can I say it again? The world says seeing is believing. But the kingdom says believing is seeing. So I see Strong Tower running with the vision 
to knock down walls of racial segregation. I see Strong Tower running with the vision to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. I see Strong Tower running with the vision to empower women. I see Strong Tower running with the vision to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. I see Strong Tower running with the vision to reach more and more people in-house and online. I see Strong Tower running with the vision to do missions locally, nationally, and internationally. And above all, I see Strong Tower uplifting the person of Jesus Christ in a world that could care less about him. But we're going to lift him up no matter what people think, no matter what they say. And Jesus said before he went to the cross, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'm going to draw all kinds of people to me. So if you see the vision. If you got, got just a little bit of where we're going, can you say amen? amen? God, give us more vision. And now for the singles ministry, let's give it up for doctor. Yeah. And that's an earned doctorate. Yay. Michelle yeah. Sellers. Come on up here, sis. Come on up here. Y'all give it up for it now. <laughs> Love you, girl. feel worthy to be up here, but I'm humbled by the fact that God can use anybody, right? And he uses me to be a part of the singles ministry. So in an effort to help it to grow, we are going to start meeting the first Sunday and have dinner or lunch, whatever you want to call it, after service. And we're going to discuss the seed that is delivered in this pulpit. Thank you, Pastor, for that word. I love me some strong tower, right? So, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he planted the seed. So the word that is delivered up here is a planted seed. I love this garden. That's what y'all look like to me, a garden. So then what is your responsibility? Your responsibility is to water that seed. It would be good if this was enough, but it's not enough, right? So how then do you water it? You study the word, right? We have a, a chance to study the word on Wednesday nights again. We're going to get some more seed. But take time through this week to share with God on your own, right? Second um, Timothy, the second chapter, 15th verse, talks about studying to show yourselves approved. So I'm going to challenge you to take this word that is delivered up here, and we, we got some strong word deliverers up in here. We got some strong seed planting people up here. And we as a garden, we're going we're gonna to water that. And guess who gives the increase? God gives the increase, right? So we're going to take that and we're going to, I'm going to challenge you this week to join us on Impact Wednesday or just take some time. God loves one-on-one, -on -one, just you and him. Let us pray. Now unto him who is able, willing and able to present us faultless before the throne. To him be the glory, power, and dominion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.